Hi, I'm Aaron and welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, where we explore, well, you guessed it, hip hop. I'll be interviewing the best artists in the game while also taking some time to appreciate some new and classic albums. Make sure you like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for any upcoming news and guests. Also, don't forget to check out my new Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle that will give you exclusive content and help me keep the show running and getting better. All right, let's get into it. All right, welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm with the one and only Kid Vicious. Uh, Kid Vicious, uh, as some people might know, is obviously Royster59's brother, but a fantastic artist in his own right. And personally, I think a little bit underrated in terms of the the skills that you you bring to the party. And obviously, you've been on tours and things like that. And, uh, you know, for me, a personal pleasure because actually, I haven't told you this yet, but we've actually met before and I have a photo with you uh, in a tour that you did when you came down to Australia. This is way before the podcast started. So uh, for me, it's like, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a kind of, it's just cool to be able to actually speak to you in this setting. Um, and that's after, you know, I was just excited to have a photo with you as well. So man, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's an honor, man. It's an honor and a privilege, man. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, Australia, man, I got so many good memories in Australia. It's just, it's, it's nothing crazy. It's just good, you know, good people. Shouts out to uh, my man, Ben. Uh, stoned as fuck every day. Big <laughs> salute. He held me down, man. That's, that dude is a legend up there. Well, how did you find it down in Oz? Like, uh, how was it? A lot of the people I speak to, they've never been to Australia. But for you, like, what are your memories of it? Um, <clears throat> A lot of smoking. Um, <laughs> a lot of beautiful sceneries. Um, a lot of like, I mean, it was a lot of friendly people. I, I got to, um, hold a koala bear out there. That was one of my highlights. Can't nobody touch me after that. <laughs> um, you know, the can- uh, kangaroos, we got to feed the kangaroos and stuff like that. Just certain stuff that you can't do here. Um, yeah, man. Um, the food was good. Yeah. Great times out there. Well, man, I'm, I heard it was tough out there right now. Man, I'm but. still in lockdown. I'm still right now, you know, in Melbourne, it's it's rough and Sydney's uh, rough as well. But, you know, I have a curfew. It's I can't leave my house past 9 p.m. I can only travel within a five kilometer radius. Uh, we're wow. waiting until people get get vaccinated, man. So, uh, you know, when I think back to tours and seeing shows live, I'm like, that was such a good time. And now I can't wait for that to happen again. Yeah, same here, same here, but it's not really looking promising like no time soon. But uh, my prayers is up, man. My kids can't even enjoy like, uh, you know, walking through the grocery store and people smiling at them, saying hi. They they can't even really see their face, you know, through the mask most of the time. So, yeah, yeah, it's a weird, super fucked up time. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, a lot of my opinions, like whatever you believe about masks or not, whether they're useful or not, I don't really care about that. What I care about is like, I miss walking down the street and seeing people smile. Like you lose that kind of, it makes everyone seem, you know, kind of aggressive in a weird way. But when you see people smile, it just shows you that the world is a, 
happy place and that you, there are people that you can like, you know, interact with, but with the mask, it's so hard to read. Yeah. Yeah. I see it every, I see it every day. Um, you know, in the neighborhood I live in, they, they, they definitely believe in wearing masks. So when I take my children out, I can tell when they're being friendly because they, you know, I could hear what they're saying. Oh, she's so pretty or he's, he's so handsome or something like that. But they don't get to see the expression. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like dehumanizing kind of like they don't get to enjoy the normal things that kind of light up a person on the day to day. You know what I'm saying? Mess, have you, have you noticed the the difference in kind of their development? Like, you know, a couple of years ago, this is obviously all new for, for every one of us, but obviously as adults, we're used to dealing with people and like you can, as you said, hear the tone of voice, you can use, you can look at the eyes. Like there are still things that we can do as adults, but for your kids, do you feel like it's a little bit more difficult for them? Definitely, definitely. It's big, like to me, it's probably normal because that's all they know and everything. But so it's not I, I'm not sure if it's affecting them mentally to, you know what I'm saying? It's just kind of normalized. to them. I think it might be more so me. You know what I'm saying? Me noticing it and me being like, uh, this shit is weird. Like, I, I don't know about raising my kids and just this weird energy that I can't control. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, the kids got it rough, according to the parents, but yeah, it's normal to them for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be weird the other way around. For us, it'll be like, oh, thank God we can see people again. For them, they'll be like, no one's wearing a mask. What's going on? Like, I can see people's faces. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be another, like, weird thing. It's like, oh, we out and we see everybody's face. Like, I know my daughter is real observant, so she always look around. She always speak to everybody and stuff like that. But most of the time, it'd be people waving with a mask on. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so everybody wants that wants the mask come off, I think. I mean, it'll be weird for a moment, but I mean, shit, welcome to, you know, welcome to what it should be. I Like, I was watching a TV show. The other, I was watching the rewatching The Wire the other day, and I'm like, I, they're not wearing masks. And it's the first thing you notice is like, they're so close to one another yet. No one's wearing masks. It's just like this it's inbred in us. Now it's like all we've been thinking about for close to two years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody's been kind of acting like, Oh, any, any day now it's going to go back to normal. Meanwhile, years is going by. So um, it's hard to just accept it, but um, it's kind of looking like that. It's kind of looking like the new normal. Well, how has it been for you? Like, you know, obviously, you know, whirlwind tour, you know, things are happening, you know, musically, and then all of a sudden this kicks in and, you know, you've got a family. How has it been over the past couple of years for you and your career? Um, a gift and a curse. <clears throat> I could say that. Um, I would say that, you know, it's been more of a time for me to be um, closer to my family. Um, you know, kind of appreciating more of the little things. Uh, like I say, like, you know, my mom, my dad, like everybody in my family just understanding that like, yo, you could lose the person next to you. Like tomorrow isn't promised. It helped me realize that and it, it helped me grow as a man and it helped me grow with my family. 
uh, artist-wise, I mean, shit, it's, it's not really, I can't sit here and lie and act like, oh, we out here just killing it, getting big money. Ain't, ain't nobody really doing no shows. You know what I'm saying? Uh, features is, is, is okay, but, you know, a lot of people don't really have the money that they used to have. So, especially the artists just trying to work on shit. You know what I mean? Um, so as an artist, I mean, not just me, I think in general, I think everybody's kind of at a, at a tough time, regardless if, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you got a good catalog and you got money coming in like that, but overall, it's tough, man. It's tough not doing shows and having people worried about everything at every moment of the day. So how have you adapted? So like, obviously, you know, no shows, everything is cost money to do anything. You've got all the restrictions going on. What's been your kind of, all right, this is the situation I'm in now. This is how I have to adapt. This is what I do to still make it work. Um, you just gotta, you gotta learn. That was another thing I learned, man. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know what I'm saying? You got to open up as many doors as possible for you to bring in income. If that's what the goal is. Um, my goal has never been like, you know, I need 10 Bentleys in a, in a huge mansion, <laughs> but, um, I don't mind having that drive, that same drive as that person that wants all of this stuff. So I don't mind having that kind of money. Um, but I'm a very like regular guy when it comes to just, you know, extra stuff, rings and chains and all the fashion and stuff like that. Like I'd rather my family, like everybody in my family be good. Everybody in my family got a house and, and you know, a way to get around and stuff like that. And I, I'd rather it be like that than for me to be super iced up. Yeah, sitting on the mountaintop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just adapted by, you know, doing whatever I got to do to just make sure that the family is good. That's all that really matters. And how is the family? How is, you know, everybody doing? Because uh, obviously, you know, you have a lot of pressure with everybody looking up to you, obviously your kids, obviously you've got siblings as well. But how has been, how has that environment been in terms of everybody? Have they pulled together or has this been a really tough time? Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough in my situation because my wife isn't from this country, so she can't, she hasn't seen her family in, in years. So it's tough just mentally for her and, you know, raising kids isn't easy. Uh, being in a, in a marriage and having to work things out is never easy. But, um, I mean, shit, man, we believe in God and we, you know, we know that life isn't easy. We know nothing great comes easy. Yeah. Um, and you know, we just kind of, we just kind of work together as a team and, uh, keep the kids active, keep them learning a lot of homeschooling type of stuff. Um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. You know what I mean? I still go to the studio and record. I'm about to drop a project, uh, mid next month. So that's all being mixed and everything. So, I mean, it's just kind of just, you know, um, mm, I don't really know how to word it. It's just, you know, it's just kind of a, a new, a new way of doing things. A new, I learned a lot working with my wife and, you know what I'm saying? And working with, with people who, 
are trying to, you know, get to an, a further level in life uh, legally. And you know what I'm saying? I've been building with a lot of good people. So I've just been trying to pull the best, all the best things out of this experience, man. Like I'm built for whatever. So like it ain't going to kill me. So it's going, it's just making me stronger. Well, man, I think your your attitude is is really good, and you know, I realized a lot of people have the you know the fantasy world that they live in, but obviously, you know, when when you have kids and you have a marriage, you have different perspectives over you know other individuals, especially because you've been you know in hip hop for a long time. This isn't like you know your first five years in hip hop. You've been kind of living this life for a long period of time. Have you seen the evolution of the game? Have you seen kind of the way? that it's changed from when you started to where it is right now? Yo, yeah. Big time. Big time. Um, uh, it's, it's a, it's an evolution on one side that, that I mean, we got more active rappers than we ever had in hip hop. But, uh, in that same token, it's, it's kind of like a downside to it. Um, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like they like as far as if you consider if you're considered a, yourself a lyricist, then they expect you to be a guy who just rap a bunch of words together and don't say nothing. So that's kind of like what the lyricist has been deemed nowadays. And um, I'm a little like detached from what you know what I'm saying, because I don't know what's good anymore. I don't know what to call good. I don't know what to call bad. Everything kind of just sounds the same to me. So I just stay in my bubble and just do my and do my thing. Cause as soon as I'm like, man, this ain't this not fire. No, oh, you just hating. Like hating on what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like we they need to stop with the if 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 you go against what the majority is saying that you just hating, like you have to be a Drake fan. If you're not a Drake fan, you automatically a hater. Uh, you can't say anybody's better than him or you can't speak on none of the younger artists. And I mean, you know, I'm just one of the guys that I'm not trying to start nothing. I'm not trying to have a moment off of anybody, but I believe in honesty. I believe in honesty and I believe that the truth doesn't have any feelings and I don't want to be censored. I'm not going to let nobody censor me, but I'm not trying to like go after any artist. Like it's, you know what I'm saying? Make your money. If you're making money doing hip hop, I mean, I can't tell you anything. Keep doing your thing. But I think my message is more so to the people who got the ability and the skill to kind of move the goalpost in hip hop. They're not being challenged. You know what I'm saying? They're not being pushed to be great in that in that as aspect. They're, they're pushed to be great as far as make hit songs that's like cool for the moment. So then when you look back, you got hit records, but no classics, nothing timeless, just kind of like music in that moment. So yes, it's, it, I'm a I'm a different, I'm a different guy, man. Well, I, I kind of agree with you though, because I think people and to to be fair, I think this is part of hip hop getting really popular. Like because we have casual hip hop listeners that what appeals to them is like, you know, the easy listens, whereas like lyricists and people who, you know, weave together bars and have technical flows, 
to actually understand that you have to really love the genre and you actually have to want to learn about what's being done. Like you can appreciate it, but it, it involves more effort. Whereas, you know, those people who are just, you know, chucking in auto tune lyrically, it's the same thing over and over again. It appeals to a wide audience. So it's like the, the true hip hop fan is somewhat getting, uh, kind of diluted by just everybody loving the general sound. So I think that's kind of the balance between them. And for me personally, like I still go back and I still love the nineties and early two thousands. And lyrically, those are the eras of time that I'm always like, that's what I go to, to like really nerd out and really love hip hop. Facts. Facts. I mean, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff. It's just the guys that are good at it are good at it. And then it's a lot of people who just kind of, you know, they got popular, <clears throat> but they're not good at, at the actual game of hip hop. Um, I respect everybody. Um, I guess you need some guys to fill a void in certain people's life where they need like, you know, the straight to the point, like something that they can understand and relate to. That's very understandable. Um, but the dip, the difference is, is I, as a lyricist, can understand somebody who isn't technical. And you know what I'm saying? And I can appreciate that, but it don't feel like it's the same on the other, you know, when the shoe is on the other foot. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the people who aren't as lyrical tend to talk down on guys that are lyrical. And my thing is, is hip hop. So they should be very careful with what they say. You know what I'm saying? Because if we decide to, to, to prove it or to see who's, you know what I'm saying? Like if you saying I'm not, I'm, I'm not shit or lyrics don't matter. I'm not good. Like, all right, well, what if we, what do we start saying about that? What if lyricists start going at people, they going to call it like bullying and oh, he going in here. Why is he doing that? So it's no way to win. You get what I'm saying? Well, why do you think they, they come at lyricists? Why do you think that they actually will look down on lyricists? Why do you feel that? Because hip hop turned into a big party. It turned into like a fraternity um, where, you know, the fraternity guys throw a big party. Everybody wants to be a part of this fraternity. You know, whatever music is played, they love it. You know, as long as the girls are shaking their butt, they with it. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong. I mean, I like motherfucking people having fun and partying just like anybody else. But um, the difference between what I'm used to and uh, what it is that happens now is I'm not used to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten people sounding the exact like the exact same way the same beat same cadence you know what i mean so it throws me off when i'm hearing songs it's like it all sounds the same like how do you judge this shit you get what i'm saying but flash forward from the party i feel like right now it's a hangover it's kind of a hangover like nobody hip-hop is in a weird ass space nobody's really blowing up it's like no no new artists really coming up like that um not even on the party scene it's just kind of 
you know, they, what do we, where do we go from here? Yeah, it feels like there's like two, there's like now two different pathways that people are heading, heading down. Like there's the new sound where, like you said, like they throw on the 808, everyone has the same kind of cadence. A lot of songs sound exactly the same. And then you've got, you know, rappers of the past coming back and kind of flexing again, like Common did a freestyle, which absolutely blew up and he absolutely nailed it. And he showed the power of being a lyricist and the technique of the flow. And then you contrast that. It's hard to really compare the two. It's like there's two splits in hip hop. There's like, you know, what we traditionally call what hip hop is based on the founding fathers, the principles of hip hop, and then this new avenue of just, you know, the SoundCloud artists using auto tune. And it's like, I think you're right that there's, there is, it feels like there's going to be a split. It is. It's definitely a split, but I just feel for the party rappers that's rapping all the same. I feel like, you know, for a new artist coming out, sounding like Kevin Gates, I don't foresee it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't foresee him blowing up for a new artist coming out, trying to be like Uzi Vert, a young thug or the Migos. It's just kind of like, bro, you know how many people are doing that? Like, how are you going to get through all of those people to actually, like, blow up? So, um, you know, I feel like hip-hop should be in a state where it all can it, it all can exist, but we just need some, you know, some more guidelines. Like, it's cool to... I don't have... I've never had a problem with the music. I, I just got a problem with hearing it so much from, you know, so many different artists. You know what I mean? I want to be a fan of this shit, too. And they make it seem like I can't understand it, but I understand it. I just don't, I'm not impressed. Yeah. And to me, I always now credit the producer more than the artist because what engages me now, because lyrically there's no real difference. So lyrically I'm like, you're not saying anything of meaning. You're just saying whatever you want. But now I'm like, all right, if the beat is fire or the beat is interesting, then I'm going to have it on. Like if it just goes hard or they use like a really interesting mix or they sample really interestingly, then that's what's going to get me into the zone. But then the artists themselves, I'm like, well, you say the same shit that everybody else says. Like there's only so many party lyrics that you can have. You know what I mean? Like there's only so many ways of saying let's party, let's do drugs, that it really doesn't really like it just doesn't hit the same and it's not as poignant as, you know, what you could use if you actually put together bars. Bro, if I hear auto tune four or five songs in a row, I feel like it do something to my brain where it's just like, bro, we got to cut this shit off. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like nobody can do a, a, a whole album of auto tune that I could just put in and just press play. And and just vibe to that that person doesn't exist. So I don't know, man. But I mean, it's not for me. It's not for me, and it don't have to be. That's why I don't really focus on that. I just focus on what my lane is and what you know, what's popping over there. Well, who do you look for for inspiration right now? Like, is there anyone that you're looking for and you're looking to that kind of inspires you and keeps you going? Everybody that's rapping, man. Everybody that's rapping, and I believe what you know. What I'm saying I believe them. So you know what I mean. It's a lot of it's, it's some guys from here. Um, 
you know, you got artists like uh, Fat Father, uh, which you may not have <clears throat> you may not have heard of a, a certain guys, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's certain levels to the bars that um, you can reach that level. Uh, you can reach the black belt level without being Mr. Popular. You get what I'm saying? So I don't care so much about the popularity. I care about the skill. So, you know, I, I say somebody like Fat Father first because, I mean, he's there. He's there, straight up black belt, um, Ty Ferris, um, black belt lyricist. Um, you know, you got Catchphrase and, uh, and, and, and Gypsy. And then you got some young guys. You got Be Free and and and, and uh, Quincy Banks, Maury Corey, and Curtis Roach, and all them dudes. Forever Golden. Like it's a lot of, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people who uh, who are nice, and and I, I I'll put that shit on because it's like yo, they still hungry like how I'm hungry. This this is this is motivation. I push that shit. You know, you always got the black thoughts and the voices and the crookeds. Um, Horseshoe Gang is another group that I that I go to for inspiration that like don't get the, the proper credit. Um, but it could be anybody, man, anybody that's rapping. All of the obvious OGs, like I said, uh, Crooked and Royce and, and M and Thought and Common and, you know what I'm saying, uh, Jay-Z and... Nas, I can go back to Big Pun and Big L and Cannabis and Red Man and Raz Cass and it's just Wu-Tang. It just don't stop. Like, there's so much shit that you could be inspired by. Like, I could go back and listen to Wu-Tang and be inspired, but I don't have to rap like how they was rapping back then. You get what I'm saying? I could just kind of, I could vibe off of that energy and it'll push me to do some futuristic type of shit. You get what I'm saying? But yeah, now any any lyricists, uh, Griselda, any of those do take your pick. Uh, Lil Ito, uh, R.J. Payne, Ransom, my man Paige Kennedy be working fucking crazy. Um, I hate to leave out people, man, but that's how. That, I mean, that just proves how many lyricists that it is out there. And I would listen to any of them dudes any day before I listen to, you know, somebody make a party record every song like that. No offense, but God damn, like, what am I getting out of this? I mean, you touched on probably my favorite lyricist or my favorite artist, Big Pun. To me, yeah. I think underrated, like everyone talks about your biggies, your parks, you know, Big L, Jay-Z, Kanye, you know, they talk about them, but I think Big Pun is underrated in terms of what he delivered. And obviously his career was was short-lived, but Capital Punishment is one of those albums where literally there is almost zero skips and it's just fire. Like he just flexes on that and Fat Joe on there as well. I think Fat Joe is at his best with Pun as well. Um, it's just for me personally, like just one of those artists where I'm like, if I ever want to listen to someone at the peak of what you can do, that's pun. Hey man, I can't, I, I, I couldn't argue with that. If I tried, I mean, big pun, it's going to be underrated because you know, he didn't, he didn't have a longevity, but at the end of the day, you could take 
some of his verses and spit them now, and it would still be crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's how skillful that he was, man. Futuristic shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I could spit some pun shit right now. And if and if some people haven't heard it, they'll be like, yo, he was spitting. You get what I'm saying? Oh, 100 so, percent Big yeah. L was another one for me. Yeah. Big L. He was he was another one that was like when I heard when I heard him do like freestyle and shit at the radio station. I was you know I've always been big on on Royce the Five Nine. I always felt like yo man can't nobody do what he can do man, like you know what I'm saying. And then like I heard Big L and it was just like, mm, damn, <laughs> okay. All right, so it's 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 a big world out here. All right, and and uh, what did he say? Uh, I get I got nothing but but bread and mad hoes. Guys, Beavis, I get nothing but head. It was just like you know what I'm saying the way he just pieced that shit together. And if my girl think I'm loyal, then that bitch is a fool. Like I'm like what? Like he was just talking crazy, and he was had punchlines and syllables and he speed up the flow and uh, it was crazy it was crazy so yeah. those are the people who i look up to man so it's hard for me excuse me if i listen to these guys and i saw the bar of hip-hop i saw where it went and then when i listen to some people now i just see a huge decline and and everything even the song ability like it may be a catchy song, but it, that don't mean it is good. You know what I'm saying? Just if, if somebody gets on the record and they say, shake that ass, girl, twerk, twerk, twerk. Shake that ass, girl, twerk, twerk, twerk. That shit have a banging ass beat. Motherfucking girls is everywhere shaking their ass. It might be a huge song. But why would somebody who listens to Big Pun, Big L, Nas, Royce, Crooked, why would I listen to that often? And why are you upset at me for not fucking accepting that shit as one of the best? Why, why, why are you upset at me for saying that that artist that made that song is not a better artist than, than you know, Royce or Crooked or M or, you know what I'm saying? I it's think like, the difference what? is like, which one is a classic? Like there's a, that's the difference is like, this is a feel good song, but it doesn't like pass the test of time. Like you'll hear it in five, 10 years and you go, I remember that track. I remember it, but it's not in my, you know, it's not in my playlist. Whereas like your, your puns and your, your big L and Royce, they're, they're like playlists that you'll have them in your rotation, regardless of how old it is, because it is fire, you know, decades after it was made. That's a fact. And, and I fear that we're not getting none of that. I think that I think we're getting it. We're just, it's just not out. You know what I mean? It's underground. You actually have to legitimately search and be into it and be like, oh, who's working with who? You know, I got to find this artist. And then, oh, they did a feature on this artist. And you actually got to look for it. So it's there. It's just not in the mainstream. Which is, which is terribly sad. It's terribly sad that like, you know, we don't get we don't get that like 
that void feel. Like, you know, I know they say Kendrick Cole and shit like that, but Kendrick and Cole are the only the only two out of all of those dudes around that class that probably have made some kind of classic piece of work. That's a lot of the guys that's popular and they've been popular year after year after year that got a lot of hit records, but they don't have no classic music. No classics. So. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about Drake, man. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, man, I was going to ask you, how was it growing up? Obviously, you, you talked about, you know, Royce and seeing that he's and say, saying that he is one of the best and he lyrically. But how was it like actually being on that journey with him and seeing that? And how did it kind of impact you in your career? Oh, uh, shit. I would say that, I mean, overall, I feel like he showed me that anything is possible, bro. Like the way, the way he did it, it was just amazing. Like, like Royce, I, I had a type, the type of father that was no gangs, no nonsense. And, you know, my brother talking about, he's going to be a rapper. It's like, <laughs> you better go wrap your ass up and get you a job. That's what you better do. So, you know, Royce had a situation where uh, he was going to go out to New York and he was like, he sat down with my dad, he went, I'm gonna go out to New York and I'm going to get a record deal. I'm going to come back with a record deal. My father was like, oh, yeah. I tell you what. Either you come back with a record deal or don't come back at all. Like you don't have a place to live unless you do. So he, you know what I'm saying? He had to go out to New York with just the weight of the world on his shoulder. And the man came back with a record deal. You know what I'm saying? A million. What was your father's reaction when he came back? I mean, he was shot. That's like that's some hit the lottery shit. Like not not the amount of money that he did. I'm just saying getting a, a record deal. That's still some a young kid wants to go to the NBA and he made it to the NBA type shit yeah so it's like holy shit like yo he's i'm not i'm not you know i'm i'm, I'm talking as my father like i'm not into you know all of the, the rap shit like that like that but i guess he he showed me that he's good he showed me that he can you know he really is about what he's what he's talking about and um yeah that was a great time that was a great time that showed me the shit yeah you gotta Hard work and everything will will pay off. You just gotta work hard. But the only difference is, even even now, bro. Like, um, if if somebody hear me, um, they, they'll be like, "Yo, he sound like Royce," and they'll use it like it's a negative thing. Like, nah, he sound too much like Royce. Now, now, everybody, I, I don't bother me. Like, everybody get they opinion and everything but but it just the only weird thing about it is I, I see a whole lot of artists who sound like other artists that they don't know you feel what i'm saying yeah so we're we talking about a situation where i started trying to rap just on some 
Because when me and my boys go out, you know, the movie Eight Mile and shit came out. It was like you almost had to be ready to 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 rap battle and shit like that. So I'm like, man, I wish I had bars. Like, and then it was like one of my friends start rapping, then another one start rapping. I'm like, damn, they fucking all these dudes got bars and shit. Like, hold on. So I finally sit my ass down and try to write some shit and you know whatever the case may be when i look back i feel like it was terrible but everybody around me was like yo that shit is fire it's fire and uh so uh, a super long story a little bit shorter uh all royce's friends were around you get what i'm saying and they was the ones that was hearing me rap and they was just like yo have your brother heard you I'm like, nah, man, it ain't even, you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't, it ain't like that. Like, I ain't trying to get a record deal. And then I'm just, nah, bro, your brother got to hear you. Your brother got to hear you. So they putting pressure on him. He got to hear me. And he just like, man, shut up. Like, my little brother don't fucking rap. If he did, he would have told me. So finally, we at the studio on the east side of Detroit. Shouts out to my man, DJ Twins. We was there. This is the drinking days. So we there drinking fucking all night. It's fucking five, six in the morning. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I get Royce Dapp and he say, hey, hold on. He was working on the song. He said, hold on. I want you to go in the booth and spit. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah, nigga, I heard. I heard. Go in there. Go in there. Let me hear you. So I'm tired. I'm fucking drunk. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm nervous and shit. Like, what? Like, the guy who I feel like is the greatest wants me to rap right now. And I'm assuming that I have to be good. So I'm just like, bro, he put on the beat. And he put on, never forget, he put on the Jewel Santana Dipset Anthem beat. And I was like, fuck. And then I closed my eyes. And just exhaled. I'm screaming. I already know it was all delivery was everywhere. But he heard something in it to where he was like, yo, he could be, you know what I'm saying, with work. He could like, you know what I'm saying? He come up with some clever shit. He just got to work on being polished. And shit, ever since that day, it was just like he was showing me certain techniques and certain things, certain stuff to do with your voice and things like that. So. You know, he taught me how to fucking rap, bro. And, and automatically, when you hear Royce talk, like he could be in another room, you might think that you might think that it's me or vice versa. You get what I'm saying? Well, I was going to say. I got, but I got four. I got, I got, it's four of us total. And we all sound alike. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was literally going to say that when you played the part in that story of Royce, I saw Royce, you know, just because I've seen so many interviews that he's done and you literally nailed the the phrasing that like he has and the spacing. So like you can see how close you guys are. And like, you know, I, I'm one of those, I don't think that you can look at anyone and say that they're a true original artist. Everybody is influenced by whatever they listen to and the true artists they're studying, they're looking at like, what makes other people great. They're working at the craft. So, you know, I've never been one of those people who's like, oh, you sound like X. Well, 
that just means that that's the person that you were learning off rather than like, that's a criticism. That's just you learning and studying and trying to, you know, develop your craft. Yeah. I mean, like I say, everybody's got their preference and everything, but I just be wondering why it's so convenient. Like I, I know for a fact there's certain artists that sound exactly like other artists, you know what I'm saying? Exactly like them and don't have no reason to other than if they was a fan. You feel me? I, I get somebody to teach me how to do it. Then I rap and they like, yo, I didn't know who was who. I thought, I thought Royce had both verses and shit like that. And it's like, so you get a lot of people thinking that he wrote my shit and it's just like, it ain't, it's just normal shit, but. In a weird way, it's a compliment though. Like in a weird way, it's like, you know, it comes out in a, like as, you know, disrespectful, but in a weird way, it is complimentary because it's like, I couldn't tell the difference or you sound so alike. So clearly what you are working on is working. It just is coming out in the wrong way for other people. It's that's their impression, but at least, you know, in the back of your mind that like, well, good, that's kind of what is supposed to happen. We're siblings, you know, we, we work together. Like that's going to happen. You're going to start using the same phrasings and you can't control like your voice, like your voice is your voice. So like at some stage, I would look at that as like a compliment. Yeah. I mean, I don't trip. I look at it as normal behavior. I look at it like, you know, going into it, knowing that my brother is the famous nigga. I know that automatically the, the casual listener is going to go, he sounds like Royce. You know what I'm saying? It don't necessarily mean unless unless you hear me and just be like, nope, can't listen to him because I know he sounds like Royce. That would be weird for me because, like, who do you listen to? You know what I'm saying? And you can't say, you can't say certain people. You know what I mean? Because if you do, it's like, how you listen to him? He sounds like this person and that person. Yeah, I agree. Well, I was actually going to ask you as well, how was like when Royce obviously met with Eminem and then they started working together in their relationship, how was that? Did you feel the difference in terms of like the, the environment? Did you feel the difference straight away in terms of what was possible even for yourself? Originally when they got together? Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. I was one of the dudes that when I first heard Eminem, I didn't know he was white, black, Mexican, Chinese. I didn't know shit. I just know that as a young fucking kid, I thought that he could rap. Because at that point, like, you know, my 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 two older brothers, man, they brought all the underground lyrical shit in. So everybody who they told me was nice and I heard him and was like, OK, this feels good. OK. When it got to him, it was like, yo, he like these guys, but shit, he better than a lot of them. And I didn't know nothing. Then, then, then when they said he was a white dude, it was like, mm, I never heard, I never heard no white dude rap like this. <laughs> this is either gonna be really good or really bad. I don't know. But he, you know what I'm saying? Ever since then, I mean, it's like the way he shook the globe and shit like that. Like, but 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 back to back to what you were saying, like them two hooking up was like when I heard the first record, because they, they got records that they recorded that never got released that I heard. You know what I'm saying? Damn. So 
So it's like, bro, I heard they got their chemistry was like unmatched. Royce got features with mad people, you know what I'm saying? But I noticed that when him and M get on the track, it's just like they do something different. You could tell they trying to they trying to get get the best of each other. You know what I'm saying? And it's all good. Um, so I felt like, yeah, like this is this is before M like took off with Dre and all that shit. I always felt like Hell yeah, that's a dope, that's a dope group. You know what I mean? And uh, of course, M went on to do all the fucking crazy shit that he did. And Royce went on to do all the crazy shit that he did. They fell out uh, for years and then got back cool and shit like that and went on to do an album together. Yeah, Bad Meets Evil held the sequel. One of my favorite albums in general, I mean, that album was absolute fire. And you can actually see the competition between the two. Exactly. And one exactly. of my opinions on this is actually that Royce beats M on that album. That's my personal opinion. I've been saying that for, for years, but I like, I, you can just see that, like, it was like, oh, you do this verse, then I'm going to do that verse and I'm going to do this verse. And like, and the back and forth was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you can, you can look at Eminem's feature this discography and see that like you don't hear that much you don't hear like yo he got the best of him he got the best of him you get what i mean so that just shows you like you know what i mean like that's two supreme lyricists right there and you know if you feel like m is is a better mc you got every right to feel like that if you feel like royce is a better mc you got every right to feel like that but either way, you can't lose with that combination. When they locked in and they focus and they, you know what I'm saying? It ain't no other energy like that. When they do features with other people, you may like it, but you don't get that same, you know what I'm saying? That same energy, that same like, yo, these motherfuckers is going for it. So let's hope we get that bad news people too. Well, fingers crossed because... To be honest, I'm really excited for based on what they did before. I'm I'd love for them to do another album together. Um, and obviously, you know, Royce is doing a bunch of stuff and he's producing his own music now. And you know, he's really developed as like, you know, who he is as an artist. And like, you know, for you, does that just push you further? Do you just look at him and go, There's there's literally nothing that I can't achieve? And he's just showing me that like you know, constantly that I can keep pushing, I can keep pushing the boundaries and there's no real kind of end to where I can take this. It's not just me. It's, it's, it's every um, young, like up, upcoming artist, you know, older, younger. I mean, he just keep breaking down barriers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Roy's got to be through after this one. Oh, he do something else. Something else classic. Something else huge, like, you know what I'm saying? He just he just pretty much the epitome of somebody that don't gotta sell their soul to be great. You get what I'm saying? He ain't as big of a household name as some of these some of these other guys. But I mean, that's a small price to pay to still have your freedom and you know what I'm saying, your peace of mind. And you know what I mean? Like we can go places. It's just me and Royce. You know, off of, off of the respect that we've given out, we receive a lot of respect. 
so we can go places and feel comfortable because it's love because you know we always show love and we don't try to do no no punk shit or no sideways shit or cheat nobody out their money and you know what i'm saying we, we we haven't adopted any of those ways so you know everything's solid over here man well actually one thing i did want to ask was about the book of ryan because that was such an introspective album that album touches on a lot of personal things that obviously you know the family talks about you know his own experience and kind of going through the journey as an artist but how did you receive that album and how was kind of the reception like within kind of the circle of the family um i mean i received it well because to me i just understood it i understood where his mind was i understood that he was sober and all of the things that he never really gave a chance to to like for his brain to deal with like because you know what i'm saying whenever you know whenever we get a moment it was like yo let's go get something to drink so now he got it he forced to deal with it he got a sober mind he got to deal with all of those thoughts and you know i'm a firm believer that hip hop is therapy for us so I just understood it. I mean, a, a lot of it, I feel like, was recent talks that we had where we just reminisce about old family shit and old stories. And he just got the gift of making it, you know, in song form and, and, and relatable. I never thought, I never thought to try to rap about any of the stories that I was saying. You get what I mean? And he fucking nailed it. He nailed it. And, you know what I'm saying? Classic shit. But um, the rest of the family, um, at first, they didn't understand it. They didn't understand it, like, off the rip. But we talked and got a better understanding of everything. And, you know, Royce bought my mom and dad a Corvette, a brand new Corvette. So they was over it pretty fast. <laughs> But yeah, no, I was just, you know, they're not used to, you know, too much personal information, not even necessarily about Royce like that being out there. So once they, once they hear they self-involved and, you know, people on the internet is talking about it and, you know what I mean? It's like, it's something that got to be explained. I know that if Royce, Royce told me if he could go back, he would have talk to my dad about it first but he honestly didn't think that it was like you know what I mean he didn't mean nothing by it um a lot of people didn't know how to take that cocaine record but that record was really about showing the strength in my dad you know what I'm saying he was a hero man he was a, a strong man um you know what I mean he over he overcame addiction something that Royce also did. It was inspiration for him. You get what I'm saying? To know that my father got over something as well. And um, I mean, he, he kind of, he wanted to talk about it. And when we was talking about it at the lab and shit like that, it all just, it didn't sound like something that you had to hide. It just sounded like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Just kicking it, shooting the shit. But 
it was never really nothing major in the family. It was just something that had to be talked about. You know, communication is everything. So definitely. I mean, for me personally, like it is, it was just such a, it's like a story about his life and just like, you know, the challenges of, of life coming through. And, you know, as, as a fan, I've always loved introspective tracks because it shows it's like behind the curtains and I can see the human and I can see kind of the troubles and I can see the, the things that, that the artist is dealing with other than just the glamour and the glitz and like the lifestyle. So like as an audience, like I'm always a fan of that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, maybe people don't say it enough, but I think that when you go into that introspective journey and you look at like who you are as an individual, the art that you present is often, you know, the best art that you ever do. It's a fact. That's a fact. That's why I can't wait for people to hear, you know, newer shit from me, man. Like it feels like, it feels like every time I put out something where I'm rapping, people listen to it and they be like, holy shit. Like it's the first time they heard me rap ever. Like on Royce's album and shit like that. It was like, I was getting hit up by people like, yo, dog, you went crazy. And it's just like, go crazy like that on fucking everything. But whatever. (laughs) Appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Yeah, I feel ya. Well, actually, I was going to ask as well, in the book of Ryan, obviously, Royce talks about your father a lot. I was actually going to ask about your mum because he doesn't talk Uh, as much about your mother. But do you have, like, how was she in terms of you growing up? And obviously, um, you know, I'm talking about personal stuff. So if you don't want to talk about it, let me know. But um, how was she in terms of your journey and in terms of influencing you and your art? Um. In terms of influencing me and my art, I mean, I think it's just kind of, you know, uh, a combination of her and my father and just the, you know, the way that they raised us. They raised us like, like literally damn near like soldiers. You know what I'm saying? My mom was much more gentle than my dad, but you know what I mean? Like you, you only... You you probably had that one strike with, with my mom. She'd give you the one strike my father wouldn't. You know what I'm saying? But uh she wouldn't like whoop our ass. It was our it was our father that'll whoop our ass. She'd just have to tell him. You know what I'm saying? You when you get bad grades, she was the bearer of bad news. But you know, my parents were solid, man. They were solid. I mean, they they did the best that they could do. It's no real right or wrong way to raise to raise children. I guess you just do what you know. And overall, you know, they've been with each other for shit over like forty years. So, you know, they're a good team. They raised as well. Well, I mean, I guess that's that's probably the the important part. Is like, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever ready to be a parent. You know, I'm not a parent, and if you were like here now here's your child now raise your child i would have absolutely no idea what i'm doing i like you know it's easy to judge parents but it's very difficult to be a parent and i think you know that's the difference is that like you know when you look back you can be like maybe they could have done stuff better and i do the same with my parents but then i'm also like 
but realistically, what could they have done? Because they're also learning. No, there's no manual to being a parent. You just do what you can do and what you think is the best. Yeah, definitely. I think most people, before they have children and they get to a certain age, they kind of like, how come my parents didn't do this? Or how come my parents didn't teach me this? Like this person's parents did. Or how come I don't have this? Like, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's they those same people tend to understand a lot better when they have children. You get what I'm saying? And they they get it that like, it's no blueprint. You thought you had it all figured out. Like, okay, we having a kid. Okay, well, you know, it's going to be all good. I'm going to get these diapers. Uh, We're going to get the crib. We're going to get all these toys. And you know what I'm saying? The kid don't give a fuck about none of the toys. It cries for, you know, attention. And, and you know what I mean? Just it's different things to it that, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't know until you actually have the child my daughter and my son don't act nothing alike but they both crazy they, they'll <laughs> run up the wall so if you if you're not ready they'll run you up they'll run you right to sleep you- my son is four and my daughter is one. Oh damn so they're very young they're literally bundles of energy at that age i used to be a swim teacher and i used to teach kids and literally like they just run circles around you man that's my job bro to get circles ran around because <laughs> I, I don't stand a fucking chance, bro. I don't stand a chance with those kids. If they had like, if they could just like bottle up child energy, like monster energy, you just bottle up some child energy. Hey, listen, I fucking stand behind it. I do the first commercial for it. <laughs> yeah. I'd be buying bottles of that. I just like, Yeah channeled imagine that energy but channeled in a way that you were because kids just can't control it that's the thing they just don't know where to put it whereas like as adults yeah. we would be like oh i could do so much with this energy hell yeah i could run i could man them kids could run all day i just we need something from the store up just run up there real quick oh it's only three miles so what it's all good <laughs> well there's one last thing that I wanted to, to touch on uh, before we, we wrap things up, but um, obviously there has been a few back and forth with, you know, Lupe, Mickey Facts, um, and obviously you released a diss track as well in, re- in response to what they were doing. What's your kind of, you know, position on that at the moment and, and how's that all playing out? Mm. Uh. I mean, man, you, you got to be more specific. You got to be more specific. I mean, that situation is just, it just was a, a weird situation for me from the beginning. But, but like, you got like something specific you want me to, to cover? Uh, well, I, I'll just start talking. Yeah, you can go for it, man. Because I actually spoke to Mickey last week and I just asked him about it and he, he obviously he expected something in return from Royce and obviously he's been quite open about that kind of stuff. Um, it's kind of in my opinion. And I think to a certain extent, people are just dragging it out and making a lot of drama where I think it's like kind of at that stage where everyone's kind of letting it go. But do you have any other takes on that? Um, on, on Mickey facts, just in general, 
Cause it's like, um, I, I feel like I, I got a bunch of different feelings about him. And then I got different feelings about Lupe Fiasco. Um, as far as Mickey facts, it's just like, and I'm not ever saying anything just to be sounding cool or, or to just, you know, he did a diss record, so I'm just going to try to disrespect him whenever. But this is how I feel. Like, I just feel like he's not the type of guy who should disrespect anybody. Because with disrespect comes violence in some situation. And that's another thing that, like, a lot of people are kind of twisting around. But, uh, but I don't think he's that kind of a person. And I'm a grown-up. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not an idiot. I've been following hip hop just like everybody else. And we all know that people have died from disrespect in hip hop. People have been beaten up and hospitalized for it. You get what I'm saying? Very, very, it's very rare, if any, that you can tell me situations where two people engaged in disrespect toward each other. Because if Royce was to come back at Lupe and Mickey Fax, it would be disrespect, right? So when when do we do that, but we see each other somewhere and it, it's all good? Or in Mickey Fax's case, he feels like niggas should just bust out rapping like it's a fucking musical or something. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't understand, I don't understand their energy completely. I don't understand how somebody like Mickey Fats felt like he could do anything that could be deemed disrespectful to somebody like Royce the Five Nine and feel like it's okay and feel like it's safe. You get what I'm saying? And then and then turn around and you, you know, you 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 say one sideways thing out your mouth about the Wu-Tang that you didn't even mean disrespectful, and you gotta apologize to everybody. You get what I'm saying? He did. He, 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 him and Royce had a conversation about the Cassidy situation. He do the diss record and he act like the conversation never happened. So he backtrack on that. Stuff like that can get you beat up. That's just a fact. And I'm not saying that that's something that, that has to happen. I'm just saying it's something that is possible when you do those type of things. You get what I'm saying? But meanwhile, in his head, it's all just rap like it's Beach Street or breaking. You get what I'm saying? But he pick and choose to, with people that he do not play with like that. He would never he would never come out with a diss record on Raekwon or obviously any of the Wu-Tang guys. You get what I'm saying? It's just certain people that he he like, oh, I'm not going to play with them. But he feels like Royce is one of those guys. So. That's a disconnect for me right there with him. Well, I mean, he did say, and that was actually something that he touched on was like, I, he never wants it to get violent. And that that is obviously something that he purely wants it to be in the studio. And that is, that is it. And that, you know, his intention was to get some back and forth, like, and he brought up uh, Tory Lanez and, and Joyner as an example of like, you know, going back and forth. Um, but that was kind of the intention behind it. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, but the, the interview will drop uh, pretty soon. But yeah, that's kind of like the paraphrasing of, of uh, what he was kind of discussing and took kind of his 
kind of motives behind, you know, going out? So a situation where two guys discuss that they're going to do this is to each other, right? As opposed to somebody talking about, and he, I, like a lot of people keep telling me, no, but he said, yeah, but hold on, bitch, he said this. He was talking about rap ability, who has the best skill on the microphone. He was talking about that the whole time. He, he displayed that on the Lambda shit. He did it. They was talking shit with each other. They took he took little shots and shit like that. Lupe, Lupe did all kinds of rapping, even though it wasn't good rapping. He did a bunch of rapping, bringing bringing Royce name up. You know what I'm saying? Making references, doing subliminals and shit like that. You get what I'm saying? So now when Royce do it. And, and he takes some subliminals, but for the majority of the record, he's just spitting. He's just doing everything that them corny niggas can't do. Lupe recognized, holy shit. I, like he, the, the, what he's doing right there, that's the same shit that I was ducking when, when, when I didn't want to get on the song with him. He told me that on my, my live, got on my live before all the bullshit and told me the reason why he don't have a record with Royce the five nine is because his confidence wasn't there. He didn't feel confident enough that he would outdo Royce. So in return, he did a song called portrait of Royce where he's rapping and bigging him up on the whole song. You get what I'm saying? So he heard, he heard the Lambda shit and that whole fucking diss record was just a cop out. I'm trying to tell you that what Royce was saying originally stems from R.J. Payne and Ransom, monsters, people that's not going to play with you when, when they get on the song, amongst other people. You know what I'm saying? A lot, you know, a lot of people that I was naming and things like that, like he was going to have to get it in with them, too, in order to say he the best. So what he do? He took his ball and left. He made a diss record. He said some things in it where, you know, you could, you know, it could be taken a certain way if the person you talking about decides to take it like that. And he quit the podcast, don't want to be friends and all that type of shit. It's just like, damn, before Royce really do anything. He just, you know what I'm saying? I'm not responding to no diss records and all this shit. It's like, bro, what is wrong with this guy? This, these are the same guys who got Royce's number. This is what I don't respect about it. If you got the man's number, call him. Especially somebody like Nikki Fetz. Especially somebody. At least, at least Lupe know how, know how to swing his nunchucks and shit. <laughs> like, Nikki Fetz is just a punk. You get what I'm saying? Like, he's, he can rap. He can rap. I know that's what he want to hear. He can rap but he's corny. You know what I'm saying? And he ain't going to do nothing to nobody. So now when, when, when he do something disrespectful and he rolled the dice and it's like, yo, nah, nah, we're not going to have Mickey facts disrespecting Royster five, nine. Are you crazy? We'll break your fucking neck. Not, not me. Necessarily.
necessarily, but anybody who got respect for us around the world would do something to that kid. And it's like you doing all of this to, for some for somebody to say you can rap. Like you better fuck. You better pick a fight with Tory Lanez or or Joyner Lucas, one of the ones that's clearly about that kind of shit. You get what I'm saying? And then Lupe Fiasco is telling people that it's cool. Like Royce ain't he ain't tripping about that. He got young. He got his younger dudes and shit jumping out the window, dissing them, thinking that that everything's okay. It's just rap. It's just hip hop. And I'm just saying, in the history of hip hop, when has that happened? If Common would have ran in the Ice Cube and them fucking Mac Ten and them, would they have bust out rapping in a battle, or would they have start busting each other upside the head, bro? I agree with Somebody you. Somebody make it make sense. And the same thing with uh, with actually Royce and D12. That exact situation where the there was the possibility of violence and proof and it's the, the whole thing. And um, yeah, I mean, I am, I'm also one, I'm a big believer in, you know, hip hop and then violence shouldn't be part of it. But unfortunately as it is, and obviously, you know, when you take personal shots, when you're going for someone's livelihood and you're going after, you know, really personal things, then obviously things get escalated and understanding who you're actually going after is important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you got to you got to imagine that really don't know artists like to be talked about. I mean, if, if we doing a thing where you like, yo, I'm better than you, bro. I can rap better than you. I'm about to show you I can rap better than you. And I do things with my flow, you know, entendres, all kind of shit. And like, yeah, can you beat that? OK, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But anytime you decide that you want to make it a diss then you rolling the dice on the energy that you get back. And I know for a fact that Mickey Fax isn't built for shit. I'm not even trying to disrespect the guy. I'm just literally sitting here telling you facts and it just sound bad. How many times you heard that man apologize in the last month? It's like, it's like, bro, you can't stand on anything as a grown ass man. You can't stand on nothing that comes out your mouth without you having to apologize. And you want me to respect this guy. You want me to go back and forth on rap records with him where he's disrespecting me and I'm allowing it to happen. It's like, no, that's why I did my diss record. I wanted to disrespect the shit out of them. I wanted them to hear it. And that was really it. I just wanted them to hear how I felt about it. And then moving forward, it's like, I'm not interested in no back and forth rap battle with neither one of them dudes. I don't look at them as nothing. I don't look at them as some elite MCs and all this shit. I hear people saying it, but I don't look at them like that. You get what I'm saying? So, and I feel like neither one of them dudes is capable of keeping up with Royce on or off record. You get what I'm saying? This records on, on beat, just doing the song together. And them dudes ain't, they wouldn't be one of the ones that make it to the top of the hill. You get what I'm saying? If all the, all the so-called elite MCs had to fight to get to the top of the hill, they wouldn't be one of the ones that make it. They soft. And you know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to make it seem like you got to be hardcore or nothing like that, bro. I'm really not trying to be in my tough guy, Mr. Mr. Violence bag. But we talking about my brother here. We talking about 
two motherfuckers so-called jumping is what they is what they titled it jumping my brother. And then when I come and I get super disrespectful, then everybody's like, oh, you bullying. Oh, you too disrespectful. Oh, why are you jumping in? Why is Royce sending his brother to like, Royce didn't send me to do shit. They was going to have to deal with me anyway. Rather Royce wrote a record or not. They was going to have to deal with dealing with how I feel. Cause it's not like I could just, you know what I'm saying? Reach out and pull them close to me and, and tell them how I feel. You get what I'm saying? That shit would take, that shit would take time for me to get, get, get a hold of those guys. And I'm not looking for them. So it's like, they just, they got to get these bars. But on top of it, we not going to fucking sit here and act like y'all cool to just keep dissing my brother. It's not going to be cool for Mickey Fax to be bringing my brother up in interviews and talking about it and making it seem like, oh, he's too scared to rap and shit like that. Like somebody would be scared to rap with that dude. He's corny. He's not one of the people who, who motherfuckers be like, like yo, you, it's a list of killers out here, nigga. You got RJ Payne. You got Horseshoe Gang. You got Ransom. You got Kid Vicious. You got Mickey Fax. It just don't sound right in that picture to me. And the people around me that when they listen to artists, they want them to be dope, but they want people that they believe. I don't believe him. And I have no reason to. A grown, a grown man told him that he was going to break his legs if he didn't do something. And he did it. He didn't put up a fight or nothing. This is a grown up we talking about. He be around people who, oh, you my man, you my man. But then as soon as some shit pop off, oh, oh, he got punched. Oh, I didn't see it. He just not my type of dude. So he could be a great person to some people when you, it depends on how you deal with him. I wouldn't really look at him in no kind of way because I never, he never really came across my radar. So I never had to look at him any kind of way. Once I did my research and I was like, oh shit, that's the dude who didn't help Joey fight. Holy shit, like this is the dude being like disrespecting and shit like that. Like, oh my God. And then when I see his history of, apologizing to everybody who he's ever disrespected. And then I'm like, damn, but he did a diss record to you? Like, oh, okay. Like, he think he thinks something is, is a fucking game over here or something, huh? I was going to say, why you, think, why you think ain't nobody ever disrespected Royce like that? And you know what I'm saying? Why you think you never heard about nothing, no punk shit attached to Royce's name like that? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's because he's a man of respect. He always respect people. How he deserved at this point, 20 something years in the game to be disrespected in any way by somebody of the rap caliber and the man caliber of Mickey Fax. It don't add up. It don't add up. And, and, and then people around him, I heard, I heard um, somebody, like, like I, I said this before, somebody who I looked at it like he's a real dude until this situation happened. You know what I'm saying? This is my guy, Mav Hoffa. I'm like, hold on a second. Because he, he got on the live with Royce and he like, yo, we just want you to rap. We don't want you to do, yo, come on, man, just rap, just rap. And at first I'm like, man, he in his DJ Vlad podcast, like it'll give him something to talk about. All right, whatever. 
And then I seen him have Mickey Fax on the podcast, and which is cool. I'm not mad at that, but it's like these guys get around him and they come from certain shit. So they know better. But they get this guy on their show and, and, and say things like, I mean, the good thing about this is that we know with you and Royce, it ain't going to go to no violence. That's the advice you're going to give him, my brother? What makes you think that? Number one, you know what I'm saying? It, it could definitely go to violence and a snap of a finger. You know what I'm saying? So I don't need, I don't, I just don't understand these guys that I thought real recognized real and real ain't recognizing real. So I'm just like, I, I understand his confusion because he get certain people that he deem as real guys, especially in the battle rap culture and shit. It's a couple of guys who, who didn't beat a couple people up before. And they telling him it's all good. Royce ain't going to do nothing. Go ahead and keep disrespecting him and shit like that. And they they just leading him right into the direction of getting hurt. I think they in a weird way, in a weird way, like, you know, Royce's image is a really good one. You know what I mean? Like he he comes and, you know, he he's sober now and he does all this these positive things for the community and you know he's promoting a lot of certain things and so the image of of who he is has changed and i think that's almost like promoting that mindset that you can go after him and he's not going to come back yeah but that's not Royce's fault you know that's they dumbass fault you know what i'm saying just because somebody is growing as a person and they reach a certain level of knowledge that they won't come and just knock your fucking block off. Like, I don't understand why, why people think like that, but it's, it's just not the case. It's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that it has to happen, but to think that like, he just like, yo, you could just play with me and play with my name because I, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm, I've grown as a man, like you the fool. You get what I'm saying? And if you the fool, you just shouldn't speak on shit. You get what I'm saying? You shouldn't speak on it because you misguiding people. I mean, this is all super interesting to me because like, obviously I'm an impartial. I'm like outside and I'm looking in and I'm just a fan of diss tracks in general. So I look at it and go like, oh, like they're going for it and I'm just seeing it. But you know, really going into like understanding your perspective and understand the different perspective, I can now see the the real life aspect of a diss track versus like when I was when I'm just listening to it, I'm just like I'm not even involved. I'm just as a fan, I'm just going, oh, they they're just going at each other, and I'm it's I'm so disconnected. So like seeing the bridge is super interesting to me. Well, I said. One of the first things I said on my district was what my OG, Street Lord Juan, told me. He said, it ain't no difference between rap and real life but a beat, nigga. You get what I'm saying? Like, you, you, can't, rap on, you can't rap on record shit that don't reflect who you are. And if you do, you got to be ready with the, for the energy that comes with that. So if you out here portraying yourself as some super gangster, you might get tested by somebody that's gangster. And you got to just be ready for it. And if you're ready for it, they'll respect you. 
You get what I'm saying? That's my problem and my detachment with Mickey Fax. I just feel like he not ready for none of that. I feel like Lupe, he did a bunch of punk shit, but he didn't go on to keep trying to talk about it and egg it on. You get what I'm saying? He just took his ball and left. So he did some whole shit, but you know what I'm saying? I guess, you know, I guess that's that's who he is. But Mickey Fax is like, bro, I'm telling you, I don't have no reason to respect him. I don't want to hear no, I don't want to hear no disrespect. I don't want to hear him come back trying to diss Kid Vicious and all of that. Like, I don't want to hear it. You can do what you want to do. I can't scare him into not doing something. I'm just telling him in advance that, like, I'm not going to play with him, man. I'm not going to metaphorically him to death. We're not going to do that. You did you did some stupid shit that you shouldn't have done. If, you know what I'm saying? And you just need to fucking accept that. Stop talking about it like Royce owe you something to rap with you or something. You're not that fucking good, bro. The diss record was cool. It was cool for those people who, who you know what I'm saying, who like, like witty shit from a corny nigga. I, I don't like it. And I don't feel like Royce has nothing to prove to somebody like him. It's like, what has he done? What he done? Who? What? What? What verse do he got that motherfucking stand out? What? What? What he did? So anybody can just come and, and with a good diss with a good diss song, and Royce gotta feel some kind of pressure from it, even from somebody who if 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 you seen him, he wouldn't even rap that verse in front of Royce. Like you get what I'm saying? Face to face. You know what I mean? Let alone have any other kind of energy. And I'm just really, I'm, I'm really blown away with the fact that people make it seem like, oh, it's, it's just rap. Why don't you just rap? Fuck being a man and standing on morals and principles. Just let, let somebody that you don't know disrespect you and try to like make you look a certain way and, and put certain, certain stuff on your name. You know what I mean? What? Him? Like, man, come on, man. I can't even believe that this is like even something to be talked about. He should just do his diss record. Be, you know what I'm saying? If he would, if if, if he would have just did his diss record, he apologized and all that shit like he usually do. And if he would have just went went away and, and you know what I'm saying, and and never spoke of it again, it might have been it might have been all right. You know what I'm saying? But he kept dragging it out. He kept different podcasts and all this type of stuff and he kind of poking his chest out and you know what I'm saying it's like bro I've never seen you do that to nobody never now you could do it to Royce the 5'9 an OG from Detroit who got who excuse me that's my phone oh good man who, he got the OGs from Detroit behind him so it's like it don't even matter what nobody think. Like he an OG from Detroit. He got the OGs from Detroit behind him. And you don't get that privilege not being solid. You know what I'm saying? 20 plus, 20 plus years. And then you, you also don't deserve when you got that kind of credit. You don't deserve to be disrespected by somebody like these guys. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just not going crazy on Lupe because he ain't been he ain't been talking about it, but I still think he's a fucking weasel. I do. I still question the fact whether or not him and him and Mickey Fax got a thing going on. But that's their business. Yeah. And I mean, your track uh was fire seven minutes. So if anyone hasn't heard the track, definitely worth checking it out because it is a a, a really good track, regardless of what you think about content wise, it is a really good track. So I highly recommend to check it out, but obviously, you know, I think that people are, are still talking about it, but I think, you know, at this stage, I think even, even the, the commentators are starting to put it, put it to bed in a way. Um, and, and obviously I think, you know, in a certain extent, everyone's looking back and going, it didn't play out how they wanted it to play out. As soon as I did my disc, that's when you seen it go, okay. That like, nah, we not going. Because we they want Royce to rap so bad, they didn't know that he had somebody that could come through and chop shit up too. It confused people. Those same people who, uh, who was doing all the lives and shit like that with them on there, they was reaching out to me behind the scenes saying, yo, good shit, you killed it. But they wasn't saying, yo, come on my platform and talk about it. You know what I'm saying? The same people that was gassing it up with Mickey Facts wasn't saying, yo, let's reach out. Let's see what, you know, let's see what this is. You get what I'm saying? Well, the good thing for us is that this is not one of those podcasts where I pick sides, literally just talk to whoever wants to talk to me. And, you know, from my perspective, it's it's an absolute, you know, pleasure for me because, you know, I've seen you perform live and I've seen obviously Royce live. And as I said at the beginning, we've got, you know, a, a photo together, which I'm going to post before the, the podcast drops. But, um, you know, I appreciate you obviously coming through and giving me your time. I only have one more question for you. And it's probably the hardest question that I ever asked. It's the only question that I plan on the podcast. But if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to, to get an appreciation of other than your own, what would it be? From anybody? From anybody. Any genre, doesn't matter. You know what, right now, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I still, even though a lot of people don't go by this, I still do. So I'm, I go Detroit versus everybody, man. Uh, go pick up Soccer Dad by Fat Father. Amazing. Amazing. Very underrated artist. Very inspirational person. He was, he, 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 his name is Fat Father. He was, I don't even know how big he was, but he down in weight. He'd been working out and shit like that. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? He, he mean, he mean a lot to hip hop. If you like, if you like inspiration and you like dope lyrics, shit like that. I'm going to have to check him out then. Kid Vicious approved. There you go. Kid Vicious coming through on the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. Hey, one, one last thing. One last from, thing. My battery is low too. So you <laughs> thought Lupe Fiasco, this record was good? Be uh, honest. Be to honest. be honest. Now, 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 hold on, hold on. Before you answer, before you answer, think about, think about the history of real diss record. You know what I'm saying? Now, this is a two-part question. So my I... Name, my next question, my next question is, my next question is, what bars was hard hitting? Well, so my answer would be I preferred his beat 
I didn't actually like I haven't listened to it a second time. So I thought it was okay. That's that's my honest opinion on the track. I thought the beat to me was more appealing than anything else. And I like us and in terms of anything that I could pick out, there is literally nothing that I would pick out that would be like, all right, that was fire. Man, thank you for being honest. Cause you got a lot of people out here perpetrating the fraud, acting like that he did something crazy that Roy's got to respond to. And when I say, well, what bars did he say that was so crazy? Nobody can say. Nobody can say. So I feel like I feel like that shit was some bullshit. Like overall, his fan base is eating it up or whatever. But overall, man, that shit was whack. So and I just think make- his his flow was nice. His the the. The actual instrumental that he chose was nice, but that's that's what I would listen to it for. I actually wouldn't listen to it. But the other stuff, like it was, it was okay. That's my opinion on it. It was okay. It's not going in my playlist of diss tracks that I'm like they're all fire. It's not going in anywhere in that kind of sense. It was more like at the time it's entertaining, but I haven't listened to it since. Perfect. Okay, so Mickey Fax joint. You thought that was dope, him imitating everybody? To be honest, I was more impressed with Mickey Fax than I was with Lupe. Mickey... Of course, of course, because Lupe shit was trash. Dude shit just wasn't trash. He just was imitating everybody. So it's like, what am I giving him credit about? The one thing that I was impressed with Mickey was he didn't hold back. Like, at least, you know, when he went for it, he did go for it. And he delivered what he wanted to deliver. He achieved on what he wanted to achieve in terms of what he's got as a skill set, the message he wanted to send. He did all those things. So I think in that sense, he did a good job. Whereas I look at Lupe's track and I've listened to Mickey's more than once because I think, again, the beat is better. And also he does some things that are more interesting to me. He does do the imitation he does switch his flow he does all those things you know will it go down in the history as one of the greatest diss tracks of all time probably not but i think in terms of what he was wanting to achieve i think he achieved that yeah it's probably not it's probably not because i mean if you like pg-13 this records type of shit then then you know what i'm saying you got your guy but then when you then when you fast forward to Kid Vicious shit, did you feel it was overbearing? It was too much? Like I went too far? Uh, not really, to be honest, because I didn't feel like uh, Mickey pulled punches either. So I don't I don't really get that criticism. Like I thought Mickey was personal, and I thought you were personal. As far as I'm concerned, that's just what battle is. Like if you're gonna go hard, then it, you got to expect the retaliation to go hard. So. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think there was anything that was too far from either tracks. All right, my last question before we get out of here. Go for it, man. Not that it matters. Not that it matters. But have you ever seen Lupe Fiasco with a female? Uh, personally, no. I, I'm not a huge Lupe fan. I like this. Just he's, he's got the odd song that I've li- listened to, but... Uh, I mean, I don't follow him at all. So, uh, uh, honestly, that answer would be no. Pleasure being on your show, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming through, Kid Vicious coming through. Please make sure you check it out. Uh, check him out on Spotify. 
uh, iTunes and make sure you, you follow him on IG as well. Uh, and also got uh, an album coming through. So that's due to drop really soon as well. So please make sure that comes through. And did you have anything else you wanted to promote? Uh, anything else you wanted to plug before we finish up? Uh, I mean, you know, since we since we was talking about it, you know, I want I want everybody, if you ain't heard two snaps in the circle, if you want to know what a disc record sound like, go ahead and check that out. And uh, like I said, the Alien Gang project, man, is coming uh, mid-October. And uh, we're going to start rapping. We're going to start rapping. They want to hear people rap. So here you go. Appreciate it, man, as I said before. And hopefully, you know, our borders open up again and we can see you, see you in person. Um, and, and, you know, you can come down and tour again. Um, I'm sure everybody down here would love to have you. But as I said, I appreciate you coming through. Absolutely, man. Solid. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.